This episode of the Skift podcast features a discussion from a recent online Skift event. To join us and learn more about future Skift events, visit live.skift.com. Please welcome CEO for Southwest Airlines, Bob Jordan, in discussion with Airline Weekly editor, Madhu Unikrishnan. So good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today, and um, thank you for all of you who are listening online. Um, thank you, Bob, for joining us. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to actually see you in person. It's been a few years. It, it, well, you yeah, know, but the last year and a half feel like about five years, right? Right. So we can't yeah, count it that way. But yeah, I think it's been four years since we've been together. Exactly, and it's great to be in person. I'm not so thrilled not to be wearing sweatpants, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm not sure what that meant exactly. You know, it's been a pandemic. It's, it's just, Actually, it's weird. I, I'm thrilled you're not wearing sweatpants well, either. I'm, I'm glad for that. <laughs> okay. Um, so the theme of today's conversation is aviation and inflection point, or airlines at an inflection point. And um, this is probably the worst crisis that has hit. Um, oh, undoubtedly. Airlines worldwide. Um, but I wanted to get started with uh, you yourself are at an inflection point. So I understand 33 years ago you had quite a job interview at uh, Southwest. Yeah, <laughs> funny you ask. I'm not sure if I'm an inflection point or not. I'm not sure what that is. You know, <laughs> we'll get to that. Because those can be up or down, <laughs> right. right? But uh, no, when I, I was working for Hewlett Packard in California, and uh, we, we actually, uh, the family's in Dallas, wanted to get back to Dallas. So I had my mother-in-law send me the Dallas Morning News. This, this is back before that thing called the internet. Did and you so, circle a job? Yeah, so you circle a job. And, maybe, and it was for a company called Southwest Airlines, and I had no idea who they were. They were so small. So I apply, and uh, I, I fly in on Southwest. This mm -hmm. is before the Wright Amendment. So right. I fly in for an interview, and I have one day. And so we land. I have to change planes in El Paso. And of all things, I get snowed in in El Paso. I mean, that... <laughs> When does that happen? <laughs> no, well, that day, never. Never. Yeah, never. So I get snowed in El Paso, so by the time I get to Dallas, I have an hour for my interview. So I run down to what we call the people department, do a quick interview. It, it, it turns out it's the day after the corporate uh, Christmas party. Mm -hmm. So everyone I talk to is hungover at Southwest, <laughs> not just Herb. And so I get a couple of questions, and then I run over, and I'm interviewing for a programmer job. And I meet with our, CI, our CIO for a few minutes. We're talking, and in runs a guy, and he goes, oh my gosh, we've got this issue with the, our Hewlett-Packard system. They had no Hewlett-Packard programmer. I was filling the one job, so I'm like, well, I could probably help. So I go in there, and I clickety-clickety-clickety, and I fix something, and I fly home. Never really interview. So I get this call the next day, you want to come to work for Southwest Airlines? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that is my start. And it turned out all right for you. I mean, now uh, you will be it, CEO it, it, in February. I, I will. It has turned out. I, you know, I... It's funny, um, who, who, who could ever imagine? I could, I could never, uh, when I you know, get out of college, start at Southwest, would never have imagined this would be a possibility. Right. I, I, I'll admit I was surprised whenever I, you know, we, this is what we chose to do uh, with the board and with Gary. And um, it, it's just a, it's a completely humbling experience to be able to lead such an iconic company are 56,000 terrific, wonderful people. I tell people, they act, I get a lot of, well, how do you feel about all this right. question? And I, I, it's semi-joking, semi-not. I, I, I usually say I'm 
completely excited and about 20% terrified. So, because <laughs> it is a big, it is a big job. But I want to no, talk about. That I would never have imagined we. Terrified. I would never have imagined we would be here. Congratulations. Um, so, let's let's talk, let's get into it then. Um, what do you see as your main What do you see as your main challenges and opportunities on day one? And let's start with the opportunities and then go on to the challenges. Oh, you bet. I think the um, the, the the right the, the crisis that we're in is unlike anything we've ever seen as a company or an industry. I mean, 9-11 was really difficult, but a lot of folks forget that the first quarter after 9-11, we had record profits. Right. So the recovery was much faster. This, this is nothing like that. We, we've never seen our business in three weeks go down 98%. Fly aircraft with one passenger and one bag on them. So it's just, it's we've never seen anything like that. So as I think about what are the priorities? I think number one, um, we've, we've got to continue to emerge from the pandemic. I mean, it's, it's really clear. I wish we didn't have this Delta variant wave. It's really clear that 2022 is another year of transition. I wish it was a normal year, but it's clear that we're going to be in a transition period here. So just continue to recover from, from the pandemic, I think, is, is, is certainly right up there. The, the, the way I'm thinking about what, what does Bob need to do over the next, uh, you know, a couple of months, it's, it's really basic. Um, thinking about the transition, I've got a couple of things I really want to do. You've just got, you've got to communicate like crazy. So that I'm trying to say yes to every opportunity to go out and be with media, be with our uh, investor relations folks, uh, and especially be with our people, be in town halls and be in stations. And so that you, you just have, you, you almost cannot communicate enough. The second thing is I want to be with our people. I feel it's important for me to uh, affirm this terrific culture that we have at Southwest Airlines. So I'm trying to be in a station every single week. I was in um, Phoenix last week with our people and just truly enjoyed it. We, the people of Southwest Airlines are just wonderful. So I feel like I need to be out there. And then last, it, it, um, you just have to have a bias for action. Even though this is not effective till February, Change even even for terrific people in a terrific company in a terrific culture. Just change just generates uncertainty. Right. And the faster that you can uh, move some of that uncertainty along and have a bias for action, the better. Right. Well, you know, there is a lot of uncertainty right now. Right. Right. Um, and Southwest. I mean, how how do you see the airline navigating out of this crisis in the near to medium term? And has Delta the Delta not Delta the airline. Uh, how's the Delta variant of the coronavirus? <laughs> you had to bring up well, Delta. De Delta probably right? might have scrambled your plans as well, but how has the Delta variant scrambled your plans the, for the rest uh, of the year? The, uh, you know, this whole thing has been unpredictable. You have a wave, you think maybe we're, it's over. You have another wave, you think it's over. The good thing is that every subsequent wave, the business has been a little bit less affected. But there's no way that there, there's no way to say that the Delta variant has not had an impact on our business. It has. Our bookings are off, revenues are off. I'm, I'm hopeful that we are at the peak of that impact. It, it looks like we're on the on the backside of that. Our our our, uh, our bookings and our, our our corporate business is stabilized, and I'm, so I'm hopeful we're sort of moving on there. But it but it's had an impact for sure, absolutely. I, I love the, the booking curve lengthening at all, or do you the, it's, it's still pretty short? No, I, I think the, the if you look out, the bookings are really normal. If you oh. look at the at the at the, uh, you know, the holiday period, it it is relatively normal. What's the real impact are the close-in cancellations? So people just make decisions a week or two or three. I mean, you know, I'm sure you had this here. You, you you've had this here where 
you're trying to figure out what the you know what the in-person and virtual attendance is going to be and people make that decision sometimes a week before uh, the conference what I love is we've been able to really take advantage during the pandemic so you you um, you go looking for when, when, when business is down 97 percent you go looking for revenue anywhere you can find it so you saw us open 18 cities and they're all doing really, really well. You saw us expand Hawaii. And, and so I, I think we we're able to really take advantage of the pandemic. If I can break in, like, uh, for an airline to add 18 cities in a year is pretty remarkable. I mean, that's, that's it is. essentially a decade's worth of growth in one year, or new destinations in one year for a lot of airlines. So yep. how, 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 has, how have you rejiggered the root network in response to the pandemic? I, 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 nothing that we did was not planned. Mm -hmm. I, I, the way I would... It says that we basically pulled forward things that we were going to do over over a longer period of time because we had the aircraft available. Air, it, 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 we we didn't need as many flights as many frequencies because the traffic just wasn't there. You know, through the waves at the beginning, traffic was down 97 percent. Then the next wave, it was down 80, and then the next wave, it was down more like 50. And so, so we just had a lot of aircraft that could do different uh, jobs. So we thinned the network out. We didn't really we didn't close cities, but we did uh, re reduce routes in some cases, and especially reduce depth and frequency. So that's how we were able to fund the uh, the, the cities in Hawaii. I, what, what a lot of folks don't know is the 18 cities and our Hawaii expansion took 92 aircraft ah. to do that. So I've been asked a lot out of fleet uh, out, of fleet out, of a, out of out of well out of an active fleet in the 600s right, right now. So one sixth. So I, I've had a lot of folks say, "Well, um, are you going to you you're going to open ten more cities next year?" And we may open a few, but the vast majority of the 114 aircraft we're getting next year, which is a record, by the way, right. they're going to they're going to go to restoring the network depth to what we were pre-pandemic. You know, if, if we we used 92 aircraft to go expand and expand Hawaii. And so the vast majority of that 114 net retirements is really all about restoring the network to the, to the depth that we had in 2019. Without the depth, it's just harder to recover your customers. It's harder to, uh, to move your employees around. It just makes things a lot uh, more difficult. So we'll spend the vast majority of that fleet expansion restoring the network. Right. Now, I, I heard you say recently um, that a lot of the, most of the cities you added and most of the, where you're concentrating the network is on, I think you called it surf and ski destinations. Is that right? So those are leisure routes, right? I don't surf or ski, by the way, <laughs> but. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> but so. Um, well, well, not well. <laughs> so are those, uh, those are mainly um, leisure routes, right? Is, is that where you're seeing a lot of the traffic now? Especially toward the, if you look at uh, the end of the year. It, it, again, it's a little bit of a mixed story, but yeah, the the leisure traffic came back much faster. You look at the summer, and there there was an inflection point in February where you could see the booking the bookings just took off. Mm -hmm. It was obvious, and it has it had to be the vaccines, the availability of vaccines, and uh, so bookings were really strong into the summer. And yeah, the vast majority of that was leisure. Mm -hmm. Now we've had we've had success opening. Uh, primarily business airports is too. You look, look at uh, Intercontinental in Houston and uh, O'Hare in Chicago, and so those are doing really well. In fact, all of the 18 and the Hawaii expansion are really all doing well, and they are they are either at or ahead of the plans that we had for them, which is just 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 terrific. And what about um, so? You know, I heard Gary Gary Kelly, the current CEO of Southwest, say that he thought about. 
20% of business travel is just not coming back. Do, do you still think that's true? I, this you know, was it, months ago. Boy, it is. It's, uh, we, we could poll the room and get all kinds of answers, I think. It, that, that is a huge question. I, I do think every time you've had a prediction that it's, that it's different this time, that'll never happen, that'll never come back, typically it does. I think what you're going to see is a slow recovery. So you've, you've had um, offices that intended to open earlier in the year, and then you had the wave. You had offices then intended to open and bring back their employees Labor Day. You've got the wave, so they pushed that out either this fall or into next year. So I, I think it's more a matter of time than it, than it is a matter of it will never come back. Now, is it going to come back to 100%? Uh, it, it's hard to say. But the first time, I've had a lot of my consulting friends especially tell me, the first time I lose a deal because I wasn't there in person, I'm on the road. Right. So I, I'm actually very optimistic for, the, for business travel recovery over time, but I think it's going to take a long time. So yesterday, the um, CEO of Hilton um, was on the stage, and he said that uh, Hilton's seeing a lot of travel from um, bookings from small and medium-sized right. enterprises, not the large corporates. Do, would, do you, is that what Southwest is seeing as well? It, it's a blend, but I, yes, I would say that generally that's the case for us. If you look at our managed business in total, uh, we were picking up about five points of, of, uh, of, of, of sort of getting back to normal every single month. We were on a really good pace. So then the, the Delta variant hits and we stalled. Mm -hmm. And we stalled in um, sort of July, August, September in the, in the kind of down 63, down 64 range compared to 2019. And that was really across the board, all of our managed travel. Now we're, we're beginning to see that pick up again. It's just, it's hard, it's hard to predict what that pace is gonna be though. Right. But again, I'm very optimistic. Optimistic that it'll come back. But I'm an optimistic guy. <laughs> I'm very optimistic that we're going to get the, the travel back. We, we're, we are seeing the leisure travel. Uh, again, over the summer before the wave really hit, we, we, the, the leisure travel was really strong. And the interesting thing within that, we are seeing new customers that we've never seen before. We're seeing a record number of customers that have never flown. And the, especially the fare stimulation, low prices are, are bringing them into the market. So I'm actually really encouraged about that as well. We need to retain them. Well, I wanted to ask, I mean, with some of these new passengers and just in general, I mean, um, have you seen a rise in um, sort of unruly passengers after the mask mandate? Now, I want a, a little backstory. I mean, Ted Christie, the CEO of Spirit Airlines, put it this way. He said, you know, if you take the totality of flights and the number right. of passengers that fly every day, and um, the number of unruly passenger incidents, it's more a media narrative than reality. And I mean, would you agree with that? It, it's, uh, I, I feel like I keep saying it depends, right? <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you this, I, I've been on a, 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 a lot of our Southwest Airlines flights uh, lately. Again, I'm trying to be somewhere in an airport every week to be with our, our wonderful employees and just talk to them, listen to them, encourage them. And I always talk obviously to our flight crews. And I would tell you two things. The majority of them have not experienced the sensational headline that mm -hmm. you've seen. You know, some, really bad behavior, fighting, that kind of thing. But they are all experiencing a very different environment. Folks just sitting for hours with the mask on, and uh, nobody likes uh, to have to enforce that, right. uh, either the passenger or, or our employees. So I do think the environment is just tougher. And Southwest Airlines, our, one of our greatest, if not 
the greatest advantage are our wonderful employees that just love to deliver customer service to our customers. And it's just harder to do that with the mask on because they're, you know, they, they, they love to smile and take care of you and in the, in the environment that we're in, you, you can't do that, you've got a mask. And uh, they're, they're taking drink orders uh, by looking at a card and they just can't provide that touch that they could. But I will tell you this, um, no one, we've had a flight attendant that was punched, no one deserves that. And we're not going to tolerate that. Nobody deserves to come to work and have that happen to them. So we're not going to tolerate that. And two, we have, even though it's difficult, we have the best employees and best flight attendants on the planet. And I'm extremely proud of the way they've handled themselves and taken care of our customers. All right, let's talk about employees. I mean, um, Southwest is, for those in the audience who don't know, um, Southwest is never laid off or furloughed. Right. A single employee, and it's 47, 48 years, I think we're... Oh, yeah, our 50 years. 50 years of existence. But you're a smaller airline than you were in 2019. I mean, you went through voluntary we buyouts and our voluntary leaves of absences and buyouts are much smaller. But you are also adding 114 airlines and our aircraft, and that's a lot of growth. So, are you ramping up hiring now, and are you facing any challenges with that? Yeah, it's um, you, you know this whole last 18 months has been a complete whipsaw. Mm -hmm. it, you, 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 it's, it's incredible the, the pivots that have gone on. But no, we had. We had 5,000 take an early retirement. We had about uh, 11,000 take temporary leaves up to, up to two years. We had folks taking monthly leaves. Our employees reacted uh, uh, and rose to the challenge at, in just an admirable way. We, we needed to cut costs and they, and, they, and they did that. But it was all voluntary. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very proud of the airline uh, and, and our company for being able to do that and not put all of this on the backs of our employees. So you do all that and then suddenly the demand becomes to come uh, come back. And we are in the summer in the midst of recalling almost everybody that we had on a leave. And so you've got to retrain. And so that's very difficult. So then you move from that to, oh my gosh, we need to hire. We, we are hiring 5,000 this fall across the company. We anticipate we're going to hire about 8,000 next year. And is this in all work groups? All work groups. Again, the, primarily on the front line, mm -hmm. but, but across all work groups. And it is really difficult. We're a terrific company that has never had any issue attracting uh, applicants, and even we are finding it hard. We're raising wages, and that's both in the contract and the non-contract areas. And um, it's just difficult. Where we used to typically receive about 42, 43 applications per opening, I believe we're receiving about 14 right now. It's just the number of open jobs, which, I mean, you're, everybody's experiencing it. You, 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 um, I've never seen a time when you, you go to a restaurant and, uh, or, or a store and it says, you know, we're closed at 3 o'clock today because we don't have staff. Hmm. I think, and I've, and I've never been, I've been with the company 33 years, 34 here in February, and the constraints have always been, can we get aircraft, can we get facilities, can we get gates? I've never experienced a time when the constraint is, can we get employees? So, so let, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, I, I've worked for the, to, in full disclosure, I've worked for a couple airlines, and there's a very great benefit. You, you, you can offer. say it, United. <laughs> there's a very great benefit that, that the airlines offer, right? And that's the travel benefit. Right. But, but you're finding it difficult to, to track people. Um, who are you competing against for talent? You know, it depends on, on the type of position. I, I would say for our uh, more, more entry-level positions like the ramp or in, in an airport, 
you are competing with everybody. I mean, they, there, there's, we, we've moved our wages along, but we've de facto become, as a country, a $15 minimum wage, it feels like. Right. So we're, we're, real, we're hiring all over the place, but a good example is Denver. So I was in Denver two weeks ago. We, we need to hire about 250 people on the ramp, and um, we're offering, obviously, great wages, um, a, a great career, your, your pay goes up very quickly in the union scale, uh, travel benefits, terrific health benefits, but to get someone to come interview with Southwest Airlines, and if you know where the Denver airport is, it's a little ways out of the city, they probably have to drive by 30 places that have job uh, you know, application or, or, or job opening you know, posted in the window that are all offering similar wages, and so it's just, it's just difficult. I, I, this may not make any sense because I don't know if, it, who, do, if we, who's familiar with Whataburger? All right, come on, it's the best, it's the best burger on the planet. Uh, you in ever a, near In and Out is. No, no, no. The Californian no. In and Out is better. Cheap, cheap, <laughs> no, no, a cheap, cheap imitation. Uh, but no, <laughs> we're not going to debate burgers. We can talk but, about it offline. <laughs> so I'm in Dallas, and I go through the at one point I go through the Whataburger drive-through, which I okay, I, I try to be healthy. I don't do that very much. I go through the Whataburger drive-through. Go through, I get I pay, I get my bag, and stapled to the bag is a job application. <laughs> really? They, they are stapling a job application to the sack of food that every single person <laughs> coming through the drive-thru gets, and you go, that is, that's what it's come to. Now, usually when I tell a story at Southwest Airlines, the first thing they ask me is whether I applied or not. <laughs> but, did, uh, did you? Uh, I did not. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm qualified, but it, it just, it's a... It has become, uh, to me, the sort of the symbol of the job market that we live in here. There's so much competition. Now, I'm confident we'll get staffed, but I've told everybody uh, internally, sort of back to the priorities, we, I want to communicate, be with our employees, but, but it transition, but job one this fall is get staffed and get stable in our operation because stability in our operation depends on getting staffed. Right. Well, we, we're almost out of time, but I've got to ask you one question. Yeah. Will bags continue to fly free? What do you think? <laughs> you got to pay. Hey, this a, isn't United. <laughs> you got to repaint a lot of airlines. Back, back fly free, no change fees. It's part of our DNA. It is not changing. Absolutely. All right, All right Bob, thank you very much for joining us. Thank today. you. Thank you so much.